Hello, greetings, and hi there. This is the Head Speaks Podcast, a proud member of the Headcast family. I am your host, Aaron Moss, also known as Brother Head. Welcome to Head Speaks, where I'll be talking about comics, movies, and recent news items that interest me. Basically, anything that strikes my fancy. Warning this podcast may not be family friendly. Head Speaks may contain adult language, adult content, fantasy violence, and nudity. You have been warned. The young, stupid, and easily offended may not want to listen to this headcast. In other words, parental guidance is more than suggested. And since I don't have any ads or anything else to play today, I'm going to talk about Hollywood Babylon. Uh, Hollywood Babylon is a podcast starring Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. They cover Hollywood, entertainment, and things of that nature. Uh, They have geek news. They have... uh, a segment called Movies That Will Suck, where they talk about movies just by the name or something about it, you know it's going to be a horrible movie. Uh, They talk about other things in the Hollywood business, uh, such as Fuck Tape star Kim Kardashian, uh, Justin Bieber, The Little Cunts, Lindsay Lohan, all these people that show up in the news, Miley Cyrus, you know, when they're making an ass of themselves. Ralph and Kevin are there to uh, let us know what's going on and how useless these people are. On the other hand, they also have Hollywood Helpers section. Hollywood Helpers is where they find someone in Hollywood, some celebrity that's actually done some good. They've got out of their own way, and they've done some good for life. They cover that. Uh, they cover oh anything Hollywood-related. They have a, they, they end every episode with uh, uh, how big is Liam Neeson's cock. Apparently, Liam Neeson, the actor, is known around Hollywood of having an enormous member, and... Listeners send in every week little jokes and things about how big it is. Uh, again, I definitely check it, recommend checking out Hollywood Babylon. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, or their website is at smodcast.com slash channels slash Hollywood dash babble dash on. Again, smodcast.com slash channels slash Hollywood Babylon. Hollywood Babylon separated by dashes. Uh, go ahead and check it out. It's a great podcast. I enjoy it every single week. All right. Okay, enough of that. Now back to my podcast. Actually, headcast, since that's what's important. First, a little uh, disclaimer, a little note, if you will. Um, last episode, the premiere episode, I did use a script for the most part, so I wouldn't forget what I was doing, make sure I got everything covered. Uh, I did get one piece of your f- feedback. A friend of mine, Romero... Uh, he commented to my wife, who he works with, that, you know, he's listened to it. He's like, is he reading? That fucker's reading. So he, they, him and my wife both think that I should go a little more off the cuff and less off of the script to get more of me in it. So if this goes wrong, if I forget things, if things just blow up on me, well, Romero, it's your fucking fault. All right, buddy? Thanks. And one little further bit of housekeeping before we get the show actually started. I want to dedicate this episode to the memory of one of my best friend's father. His name is James Spence. He passed away on June the 17th. Uh, I went to his funeral on June the 27th. It was a great service. Uh, James, you'll be sorely missed. You were a great man, and you had a, you had uh, you have a great son and a great family. Uh, this is de- dedicated to you, James. Now, on with the show. Okay, kids. Today, our first segment is going to be a little bit of a change. Last time we had things that pissed me off by Herschel H. Hemingway. Uh, my wife listened and we talked, and she feels that instead of doing a character, I need to do this section as me. 
So more of me comes out, more freestyling instead of writing out a script and doing it as my uh, character Herschel. So, slight change. Instead of things that piss me off, this segment's going to be titled, Bitches, Moans, and Gripes. And yes, it's going to star yours truly, Brotherhead. Uh, this week on Bitches, Moans, and Gripes, we're going to cover TV once again. I'm not done bitching and moaning about that. Uh, first thing I want to cover is, again, it's all the same stupid shit I'm going to complain about. Reality TV, what they call reality TV. Uh, one of the dumb shows I, I find, as I'm flipping through, and I find they talk on the soup a lot about, Finding Bigfoot. It's a show where a bunch of redneck, inbred hillbillies uh, are out in the woods looking for Bigfoot. I'll tell you what, when you get, done look, when you get tired of looking for Bigfoot, uh, you're all done. Come to my house and you help me find my dick. I ain't seen that thing in years. Probably have a better chance of finding that than Bigfoot, alright? I don't know. Uh, so after Bigfoot, you've also got stupid shows like uh, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, Bachelorette and all these other looking for love on reality TV shows. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I just I, I find the whole looking for love well, you got a camera watching everything you do, just kind of r ridiculous, and I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but it's just retarded. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. You can't find love while you got a camera filming everything you do, and you've got 20 people lined up, and you're like, hmm, which one do I want to pick? That's not love. And if you look, how many of these bachelors, bachelorettes, uh, Flavor Flav, all these other stupid-ass love shows. How many of them actually last? How many people actually meet up on the show and carry on a relationship afterwards? I'm not sure the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, lower than the IQ of a lot of these guys that's looking for Bigfoot. I'll tell you that much. Um, could be wrong, but yeah, that's where I'm going with. Uh, also, other crap shows out there. You've got Teen Mom. Uh, that's a good role model for our, our young girls today. Uh, let's focus on a 16-year-old girl that's gotten pregnant by her boyfriend. Uh, you know what? A 16-year-old, they don't know what they're doing with their own life. They can barely wipe their own ass, clean up, after, clean up after themselves, let alone take care of a little baby. And having these reality shows on it, just to me, it, pits a, it makes it more seem more glamorous than it actually is. You get girls, young girls getting pregnant. Well, they do it on TV all the time. Well, uh, Fuck me in the ass. Uh, you, young babies shouldn't be having babies. That's the basics of it. I remember when uh, my wife was giving birth to our daughter six years ago. Uh, there was a young girl, 16, 17 maybe, in the next room, uh, also pregnant, and she was about ready to give birth. And they were sticking her with an IV or something, and she's like, well, is this the worst pain it's going to be? <laughs> me and the wife chuckled at that. Poor little girl didn't know what she was in for. But you get things like Teen Mom on TV, and people think it's glamorous. They think it's the way to go. They think it's something good. Seriously, you need to get this shit off TV. Uh, look at the first Teen Mom. What's her name? Farah, Farah Abraham. Uh, at this point, she's done porn. Back backdoor Teen Mom, I think it was. She's done porn. She's had a life model de made of her ass and her her hoo ha for porn companies. Yeah, that's that's way to go, Mom. You're a great mom. Speaking of great moms and dads, uh, you've got fuck tape star Kim Kardashian and that thing that she's married to, Kanye West. <clears throat> First, I'm not even going to get into the name of their daughter, poor little daughter, Northwest. 
I mean, I thought about naming my kid, one of my kids Pete, so it'd be Pete Moss as a joke, but then I, you know, woke up and realized, hey, I'm a fucking adult, I need to act like one and name my kids appropriately. Not name my kid fucking Northwest. That's just retarded. And she, she just had her first birthday, I've heard, and they had a little Kidchella, which is a play on the musical festival Coachella, I believe it is. Um, they had Ferris wheels, face painting, food stands, like there's some whorehouses. Uh, God only knows what they had going on there. Drugs, who who knows? It's Kardashian and fucking Kanye West. One year old, all they're worried about is shit in their diaper and sucking on mama's tits. I mean, they're not worried about a birthday party and all this extravagance that the Kanyes and uh, Kardashians pet into this poor little girl's birthday. It's just for them to show off, oh, look how much money we have, look how good of parents we are. A lot of their photos, though, you see, the kids, you know, off the babysitter, with the nanny, they don't, the kid's just a prop for them. Uh, and then you got fucking Chloe Kardashian dressing up a Native American headset, or headdress, whatever it is, pissing off the engines in the country. Uh, way to go, Kardashians, making friends and influencing people, no matter where you go. Uh... Other crap shows I've seen flipping through TV or on The Soup, of course. Uh, the Real Housewives of every fucking city in the world. Again, as I've said before, once you put a camera on somebody, you lose reality. It's not Real Housewives. Maybe re Real TV Housewives. Maybe uh, Real Fake Housewives. But, yeah, once you, you get the TV on there, or the, I'm sorry, the camera on you, you lose all sense of reality, and you're not going to act like you do. And most of these women on these Real Housewife shows, uh, the bits and pieces I've seen, they're just retarded, they're worthless. The only good thing about some of these shows is that women can sit back and watch and say, you know what, my life may be, my life may be fucked up, but at least I'm not these crazy bitches. That's about the only good thing for these Real Housewives of Tampa and whatever else they're at. I don't know, I'm just... TV is basically retarded nowadays. There are some good things we'll get to a bit later on, but... And then you got shows like Toddlers and Tears. I'm not even sure if that's on. I know the wife watched it for a little bit just for the horror factor of it. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, if you're going to put your kid on Toddlers and Tears, CPS, the judge, the police, someone needs to take a real good look at your housewife. Because most of these people I see on this show when I watched it with the wife, one mother was giving her kids, filling her up with pixie sticks to give her a sugar high just so she'd go out there and compete. I understand, you know, maybe a, a local talent contest for your little girl or something, but these are beyond that. These parents are worthless pieces of shit that can't do anything themselves. So they got to live vicariously through their poor little kids. What kind of life are these kids going to have thinking that this is the way to go? I'll tell you what kind of life they're going to have. They're going to grow up to be your next team mom, your next uh, fuck tape star, Kim Kardashian. Is this what we want for our kids? I know for me personally, no, I don't want that for my daughter. I don't want this for the new kid coming out. I, we, I, we need to sit down and just take a look at what we got on TV. In fact, maybe what we need to do, and the producers out there and the TV executives need to go back to 1999 and watch Ed TV. This predated most of this reality stuff, and it showed how invasive cameras can be in a life. And you would think it's a warning, it's something, you know, oh, this is not something good, we want to avoid this. <sighs> Sadly, it was more like a prediction of what's coming. Uh, we haven't quite gotten to the full 24 hours of one person. Well, I'll tell you what, Bucky, it's coming soon. 
Anyways, that's my bitches, bones, and gripes for this time. Um, let me know what you guys think. Do you prefer my more natural bitches, bones, and gripes as me? Or did you guys prefer last time's uh, things that pissed me off by Herschel, Herschel H. Hemingway? So write in. Let me know what you think. Because I am trying to make this the best podcast or headcast that I can. Make your voice heard today. Now we move on to At the Movies with Ed. Today we're going to talk about Impractical Jokers. It's a show on True TV starring uh, four guys. I was going to call them gentlemen, but I don't know if I'd go that far. There's uh, James Murray, a.k.a. Murr, Joe Gatto, Brian Q. Quinn, and Sal Volcano. Uh, these are basically the premise of the show is four lifelong friends try to embarrass each other. Uh, the object of the show, or the point of the show, is that these four guys go around to different situations and they do things to try to embarrass each other, and they try to get each other to not do something, if you will. And if they don't complete a task, they get uh, a thumbs down. And the one with the most thumbs down at the end of the show loses and have to do, they have to do something either embarrassing or something they really don't want to do. Uh, some of the skits they've done on the show, they've posed as White Castle workers. Uh, so one of them will be up there writing the cash register. Meanwhile, the other three will be in the back somewhere with headsets on t- telling their friend what they have to do. And whatever they tell their friend, he has to do it. Uh, for instance, there was one episode where uh, Q, Brian Quinn was the White Castle worker, and his his buddy's got his dad to come in. And so one of the things, you know, his buddies are telling the heads that they're like, so dad, you still having sex with mom? So yeah, dad's that's with his dad, and if he didn't, he would he lost. <clears throat> uh, things like that. Another fun thing, fun, thing, fun thing they do is they do signatures for causes they've made up. Uh, they're out in the streets. Or there's also, along the same vein, there's uh, donations they have set up sometimes. And their friends give them through the headset again some sort of, either that or it's on a clipboard that they flip the page to see, some sort of fake cause, like, you know, money for Hitler or something like that. Uh, And they have to get people to sign up or donate to the cause. And if they don't, again, they lose. Uh, Another fun show they had was... uh, one of the first ones where they had to eat off of other patrons' plates at a restaurant and they had to go over and try to steal food off someone's plates. Uh, there's been different variations of it. There was one where they were at all you could all you could eat buffet and they had to steal food off other people's plates. That was quite funny. It made me laugh my ass off. Um, another one that they have to do that they do quite often is presentations that they don't know of beforehand. And usually these are team-ups. Uh, Joke two jokers on one, you know, doing a presentation that their friend has done for them, that their friends have made up. So they go to this presentation and they start a slideshow or start flip charts or whatever, and then it's embarrassing things or ridiculous things that they show on the uh, for the presentation, and they have to get through it. And a lot of times for the presentations, they have to get somebody to either like it or agree to the product. Uh, it's a quite funny show. I definitely recommend it. Uh, some of the punishments I was referring to earlier, like I said, so whoever gets the most amount of thumbs down either can't do what they're supposed to, can't get someone to donate to their cause, whatever. The loser of the show has to have some sort of punishment. Uh, punishments they've had before is uh, the will of piercing. 
that there's where uh, Murr lost, so his punishment was we had to spin a... His friends asked him questions about them, and if he got them wrong, he had to spin a wheel and get pierced whatever showed up. Uh, if he got three correct answers, his punishment was over. Uh, he ended up losing a couple times, and he got both nipples pierced and his belly pierced, and then had to walk outside uh, showing the world his new piercings. Uh, that was kind of funny. Another funny one they've done, they've shoved some of their, their one of their friends, uh, Sal Volcano, is uh, very OCD, very clean, and they told him that, you know, his phone was in some horse shit, and he had to dig through it, so he's poking through it looking for the phone, or maybe it was his car keys, I forget now, but uh, he's looking for it, and all of a sudden his friends pull it out of his pocket, like, here it is, that was funny. Uh, another funny episode was uh, Sal had lost, Sal Volcano, so they threw in the back of the car and they said, you know, you gotta hide in this lady's car, go wherever she goes, you know, and that's your punishment. So he gets in the car and as far as he's where, he's been driven all over town, couldn't find out just around the block. Uh, the car stops, this black lady gets out, comes over, opens the trunk, and sees a man in her trunk and she freaks out, drops her groceries. He jumps out screaming, she's chasing him, come to find out that the lady they had opened the trunk was actually a friend of theirs. Uh, that was quite funny. Uh, made me laugh my ass off. Uh, another funny episode they had, or another punishment they had that was quite funny, was Q, Brian Q. Quinn, had lost, and so he had to hook him up to a machine that simulates pregnancy. And so they're slowly turning, the gal that's administrating it to him, a doctor that came in and did it, is slowly turning it up, and he's going through what women have to go through when they get pregnancy, and he was only like on two, and he's on the floor screaming in pain. Uh, that was quite funny. Another f final punishment to talk about is one time Murr lost, and they had him go up in a plane, not knowing what he was doing up there, and apparently he's afraid of heights, so they made him skydive in tandem with another skydiver, but yeah, they had him skydive. That was quite funny. He was petrified of that. Uh, again, they just finished the third season. Uh, they're getting ready to start the fourth season this year. Uh, also, they've got a spinoff show. I'm not quite sure what it's about. All I have is the name, which is Joker's Wild. But it's another. It's a spinoff show, supposedly starring all four of the guys: Murr, Joe, Q, and Sal. So again, if you get a chance, check out Practical Jokers. That's a show that me and the family we all can watch. My in-laws watch it. Uh, me, the wife, my kids, we all watch it, and we can watch. This is a show we watch reruns of, and thoroughly enjoy it. So if you have True TV, or you can possibly check uh, Netflix or Hulu, or one of these other streaming sites, see if you can find Impractical Jokers, and check it out. It's a hilarious show. I, I definitely recommend it for everybody. And that's it for today at At The Movies with Head. Now we move on to Head's Bookshelf. Today I'm going to talk about the book series uh, The Myth Adventures by Robert Asprin. Uh, first read a little bit from Wikipedia about it. Uh, Myth Adventures is a fantasy series by Robert Lynn Asprin and Jody Lynn Nye. Uh, Robert started the series and then midway through Jody... Lynn Nye uh, jumped in, his, was helping with it. <clears throat> after 12 novels by Aspirin, published from 1978 to 2002, uh, that's, after that's when Jody Nye continued helping with the books. They did seven more. Uh, Robert Aspirin died in May of 2008. 
Meanwhile, Jody uh, says she continues to plan. Uh, sorry, she intends to complete their plans they've started. So, hopefully, more books are coming from the series. <coughs> uh, the Myth Adventures are noted for a popular, are noted and popular for their whimsical nature, myriad characters, and liberal use of puns. Uh, after the first book, they all the titles use the word myth instead of the prefix either myths or the word myths or even the word mess I've seen. Uh, the first book started out, they called it Another Fine Mess from Lauren Hardy's uh, catchphrase. And later on, Aspirin changed it to Another Fine Myth. And that's how I first read it and know it as. And again, all the books use that in their titles. Uh, some of the books are Another Fine Myth, Myth Conceptions, Myth Directions, Mythin and Probable. And it goes on like that. They use it's a very funny series of books. Uh, according to Asperin, the original inspiration for the Myth Adventures was the Road to comedy series, which stars Bing, Bing, Bang, Bang, Bing, Bang, Bing Crosby, and Bob Hope as wandering con artist adventurers. Uh, the book stars uh, a young magician by the name of Skeeve. He started off in the first book as a, a journeyman magician, an apprentice, if you will. And uh, is quickly becoming into his own. His partner in his misadventures, or myth adventures, you might say, is Oz. That's A A H Z, different from Oz, like the Wizard of Oz. He's a green scaly demon, which stands for a dimension traveler, from a dimension called Perv. Uh, most of the people there are foul-mouthed reptilian humanoid. Humanoid? Humanoid? Yes, humanoids. Uh, Oz's real name is Osmodeus, and uh, due to when the first series starts out, Oz has lost his powers due to Skeev's previous mentor, uh, Garkin. Uh, so Oz takes Skeev on as his apprentice, if you will, to show him how to become a, a world-class magician or magic user. And later on in the series, they become more partners than the uh, mentor-apprentice relationship. There's also, uh, Skeev has a pet dragon named Gleep. He's a baby dragon that can only say Gleep. Uh, then there's, they've got, that's the main cast, and they've got a, a myriad of other assistants. There's uh, Guido and Nunzio. Up there, which is the bodyguards attached to Skeev. Uh, he was, they, he, he got them later on in the series as a, a favor from uh, a mafia or fairy godfather, Don. Uh, there's Chumley, which is an enormous and gentle troll. Uh, and I believe it's uh, Chumley's sister's Tonda is a big part of the series also. Uh, again, I, I thoroughly enjoy these books. Uh, currently, uh, like I say, Robert Aspen written, has written 12 of them. There's 20 out currently. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert Asper written the first 12, and then the next 18, not the next 18, from 13 to 18 was written by both him and Jody Lynn, and then Jody's done the last book on her own since uh, Robert's death in 2008. Uh, again, as I said, I, I thoroughly enjoy the series of books. It basically just follows the adventures, the myth adventures of Skeev and Oz, as they go through their routine, go through their day, they try to make a buck. Um, they started uh, a magician for hire enterprise that they call Myth Inc. M Y T H Inc. 
Again, if you get a chance, uh, check out your local library. I'm sure they have it. Uh, but it is a good series of books. Like I say, there's about 19 or 20 in the series as of right now. And uh, Miss Lynn plans on finishes up working, finishing working on more of the novels. Um, from what I can see, the first 12 books are collected. The first 12 are collected in a, a, an omnibus called Robert Aspirin's Myth Adventures, Volume 1 and 2. Uh, that collects the first, like say, first 12 books. I think there's six per no, on omnibus. There's also been comic books based on the series. Uh, there was rumors of a film at one time. Uh, there's a board game. I know at one point I saw a role-playing game, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, with art done by uh, Foglio. Not pronounced mispronouncing his name. Uh, Phil Foglio. Uh, he's also that's also the artist for the comic book slash graphic novels, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so again, yeah, go to your local library. Uh, look for Robert Aspirin's Myth Adventure books. Or if you just want to go on the whim, go out to your local bookstore and pick one up. Try them out. Again, I recommend starting with the first one if you can find it. Myth. Another fine myth. Uh, check it out and uh, enjoy. I'm, I'm sure you'll find them a great series of books. And that's what's on Head's Bookshelf. The next segment we're going to go to is... A new segment I came up with called Geekin' with Head. I don't think I'm anything, I don't think I'm gonna have anything for What's in Head's long box this week. Um, I didn't really haven't really read a lot of comics other than the Suicide Squad. Well, the Brave and the Bold comics I've been reading for my Suicide Squad Task Force X podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, check it out. <laughs> but to my new segment, Geekin' with Head. This is where I'm going to talk about all things geek related. It'll be a little bit of everything. Uh, since I am a big geek, big into comic books and what have you, uh, this is where I'm going to give you the latest breaking news, things I've heard, things I'm excited about. Uh, so let's get on with Geeking with Head. Uh, first, big which one to go with? Uh, we got two, for me at least, fantastic pieces of news. Uh, let's go with the oldest bit of the newest news. The oldest bit of the newest news. One of the latest breaking news is... Uh, on CW's Arrow, it has been renewed for a second season, which I'm happy about, but that's not the late news I'm talking about. Apparently, from what I've read, Brandon Roth, of late Superman Returns fame, is scheduled to appear on this next coming season. This next coming? The upcoming season of Arrow. Rumor has it, he signed up to play Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom. Uh, in case you haven't read uh, some of my earlier blogs, or you're not sure, uh, The Atom is one of my two favorite heroes. Um, so you can bet when I first heard this, I was very excited. I posted it on my Head Speaks, or no, I posted it on my Suicide, my Task Force X blog. Yes, I posted on my Task Force X and my own personal blog about this. Uh, I Superman Returns wasn't horrible. <clears throat> Definitely better than Superman three and four. A lot of problems, though. I'm not going to hold any of that against Brandon Roth. I thought he did a fine job as Superman. Uh, I think he can do a fine, if not terrific, job as Ray Palmer. For those that don't know, Ray Palmer, the Atom, he gets his powers from what's called a white dwarf star that he found on Earth. Originally, he found this. He used it and made a lens that he used to shrink objects down. 
unfortunately, after you shrunk it down, it become very it would become very unstable, and it would explode within I believe it was like a minute or two. Uh, later on, he's out exploring some caves with his girlfriend Jean Loring and some other people, and they get trapped in a cave in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ray then takes the mirror that he happened to carry with him, and he causes and he uses to shrink himself down so he can climb out through a small opening. So he can free his friends, even though he knows he's going to explode because of this. Uh, he finds out for some reason due to his makeup of his genes or something, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he doesn't explode. So eventually he makes a suit and becomes a superhero that can shrink down to microscopic size. He can adjust his uh, weight, his strength using this matter. Uh, and he's had a long series of adventures. He can also shrink other objects down now. Uh, and for a while back in the 90s, uh, due to some uh, adventure he had, he was able to grow to great heights also, but that was eventually taken away from him. If I'm not mistaken, in the Arrow show, Gene Loring showed up this last season as um, Arrow's mommy's uh, lawyer. I forget her name offhand, but... Uh, Jean was on as his, her, her lawyer. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jean appeared to be an older lady here, so I don't know if, if Ray's going to show up as a love interest for Jean or what they're going to do with him exactly. But yes, I'm very excited about seeing, again, one of my two favorite heroes showing up in Arrow. Uh, the second bit of news, <coughs> as I said, Ray Palmer is one of my two favorite heroes. Uh, the only way they could have topped having... The Adam on Arrow is having Firestorm on there. Well, that's not going to happen. Though, recent news says that Robbie Hamill, late of uh, the Tomorrow People fame, well, I guess not fame since so they canceled the show after one season, but anyways, Robbie Hamill from the Tomorrow People, he has signed up on The Flash to play Ronnie Raymond. You hear that quiet? People, who the hell is Ronnie Raymond? Ronnie Raymond, for those that don't know, is half, a third, a half, it varies, a part of the Firestorm Matrix. Uh, the Firestorm Matrix being the two or three people that make up Firestorm. That's right, Firestorm, my other, other favorite hero. The Atom on Arrow, Firestorm on the Flash. My two most favorite heroes, going to be on the CW Network this fall. Earlier I had my little bitch session about TV and all the reality crap on. This, this more than makes up for it. As a Firestorm fan, I have waited Firestorm's entire life for him to show up in live action. He did show up tail end of, what is it, the Legend of the Superheroes or Legend of the Super Friends? Challenge of the Super Friends, that's what it was. He showed up in the last season or so of the Challenge of the Super Friends uh, back in the... Uh, 80s. Uh, he's shown up here and there in a couple cartoons, but this will be the first time that Ronnie Raymond has shown up in a live action. I'm very excited about this. Um, and I keep repeating myself, but yeah, my wife heard about it first, actually, and she, as soon as she heard, she had to call me up because she knows that I, I love Firestorm, and she's like, I've got to let him know before he hears it from somewhere else. And sure enough, I hadn't heard it yet. She called me up right after I got home from work, and let me know, and I, I was speechless at first. I was just excited to hear this.
So I'm hoping CW does a good job. <coughs> uh, it, from what I've heard, Red, Robbie Amel is showing up as Ronnie Raymond. I don't know if they're going to ever bring Firestorm into the mix. I hope to whatever God's listening to me that he does show up as Firestorm at some point. I'm also hoping that Martin Stein shows up as the other part of Firestorm. For those that are unfamiliar, uh, the original Firestorm from the late 70s was made up of a high school student named Ronnie Raymond and a professor named Professor Martin Stein that was caught in a nuclear blast that fused the two of them into one nuclear-powered fantastic hero. Uh, Firestorm can fly, shoot out energy blasts, can make himself intangible, and he can affect a non-organic matter. What I mean by that is he can use his powers and he can transform anything that's non-organic into something else. Uh, one scene I remember vividly from uh, the early comics was uh, he was fighting a villain named Plastique, who's got a suit with a bunch of bombs strapped to her and she blows things up. And he turned her costume, if I'm not mistaken, to air, so she's standing there naked and have no bombs. Again, being a code-approved book, I mean, they didn't actually show anything. But the the, the uh, inference was there. I still enjoyed that scene. I enjoy Firestorm altogether. <clears throat> that was the Ronnie and Professor's Firestorm that ran for the first 60-so uh, issues or so of the book. Then in mid-86, 1986, Jerry Conway left the book, and they brought in another writer that fans or listeners of my Task Force X headcast may recognize, John Ostrander. Uh, he took control of Firestorm for a while and wrote it. Actually, he wrote it from that point on. It was in the 60s, I want to say, until the end of the series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ostrander tried to make Firestorm more more meaningful to the world of the time. So Firestorm tried taking out nuclear bombs, trying to save the world from itself. Uh, because Professor Stein was found out he had, uh, I believe it was cancer or... A tumor or something. Maybe a tumor now I think about it. So Professor Stein talked Bar uh, Ronnie into using Firestorm to help humanity, help the world, and take out all the nuclear bombs. The world didn't like that. They sent heroes against them, such as the Suicide Squad, which again I'll talk about later on in my Task Force X headcast. Uh, another hero that came against them was a, a Russian superhero called Pozar. Pozar? Where they fought in Nevada. Pozar was a, a Russian named Mikhail Arkadin. Uh, they fought in Nevada. The U.S. government, being the U.S. government, decided to bomb them with a nuclear bomb. Uh, instead of destroying Firestorm, it changed him once again. Uh, Firestorm itself, previous to this, was controlled by Ronnie, and Professor Stein was a uh, uh, an invisible, intangible component of Firestorm. It was like his heart, if you will, as his part of his mind. He would talk to Ronnie, give Ronnie advice and suggestions, and tell him what he should do. After this point, Ronnie and the Russian Mikhail became that inner working of Firestorm, uh, the inner mind, if you will. And for a few issues, they didn't didn't know who was controlling Firestorm. It seemed no one was. Uh, Professor Martin Stein was thought dead at this point. Firestorm was being controlled by itself at this point. There was no Ronnie wasn't in control anymore. Uh, this is called the Blank Slate Era. Firestorm had real no memory of what happened previously. Uh, he was like a newborn. 
Uh, several issues down the line, we find out that Professor Martin Stein, uh, this is spoilers for a story that's, what, over 20 years old? 86, 70, 96, 2006. Yeah, almost 30 years old story. So if you haven't read it, hope I'm not spoiling it for you, but they find out Professor Stein's alive, but has amnesia. And when Ronnie and Michael form Firestorm, Professor swept up and he becomes the body of Firestorm. So it's, it's a amnesia Professor Stein controlling Firestorm with Ronnie and Michael controlling him from the background. Or not controlling him, but advising him and talking to him behind the scenes, if you will. Um, and then after that, uh, John Ostinger changed him once again, and he revealed the Firestorm was actually a fire elemental. Uh, at this point, the stories became more environmental concern, more, uh, he was kind of like a Captain Planet, if you will, guy, trying to help, <coughs> excuse me, uh, trying to, again, help the world, trying to help uh, the environments. And this was, again, still formed by uh, Ronnie, Michael, and uh, they were the Firestorm Elemental. This was the Fire Elemental period. Um, and this went along for a while, and he had a totally new look at this point. Up until this point, minor variances, but he looked like Firestorm, which I'll have pictures on my head, on my blog about. The puffy sleeves, the big fiery hair. Uh, at this point, he changed, you know, he didn't really have a traditional superhero costume. He was more brownish and yellow. Again, I'll post some pictures of it to see, so you can see the difference in him. Uh, so check out my, my blog. It's available at my head at my website headspeaks.com for some pictures of both the old firestorm and the fire fire elemental firestorm. Um, a lot of these stories took place in Africa. Uh, I, I love Ostender. Uh, I love his work. This later part, the fire elemental was I don't know. It wasn't quite as good as the earlier issues. I don't think it might might be personally anyways. I liked them, but some of the stories was a little darker, a little more African-based, if you will. Um, anyway, so the story went on until the 100th issue. At the 100th issue, or right before that, uh, Martin Stein found out that he was actually supposed to be the fire elemental 100 issues ago back in Firestorm number one. Uh, but Ronnie Raymond was accidentally there and caught up with it, which changed everything. So uh, Ronnie Raymond and Michael uh, Arkadin were separated. They returned to their own lives. Professor Stein became Firestorm by himself and uh, went off in deep space uh, while he was trying to save the Earth. I believe it was from Brimstone, uh, which again, you'll hear about Brimstone, the earlier incarnation of Brimstone, and my Task Force X headcast uh, coming up in a couple episodes. Uh, he was, if I'm not mistaken, big in the creation of the new Suicide Squad. I'm saying new. The Suicide Squad that I enjoyed back from 80, 86 or so. <coughs> uh, Firestorm went off into space and spent many years traveling as wandering, coming back once in a while for occasional issues. And then, uh, during the uh, miniseries called Identity Crisis, sometime before then, Ronnie became Firestorm once again. Uh, Professor Martin returned to Earth. Uh, Ronnie had leukemia. Trying to save him, he, actually, he reactivated the Firestorm persona within Ronnie. So Ronnie by himself became the Firestorm we're familiar with again, without you know just him by himself. 
And so he adventured a little while by himself as Firestorm. And then, like I said, the Identity Crisis uh, series they had here back uh, mid-2000s or so, uh, Ronnie was fighting a uh, villain called Shadow Thief. And the Shadow Thief used a sword that was stolen from the Shining Knight, which caused him to uh, explode and die. Or die, I'm saying in quotes. He exploded, and we assumed he died. Meanwhile, the, the Firestorm energy itself rolled over and found a new host, a young black kid named Jason Rush. So he became the new host. He would, when, Fire, when he would become Firestorm, uh, Firestorm, again, once again changed. He was more uh, dark-skinned, more of a black, looked more black. Uh, he still kind of looked like Firestorm. The costume was basically the same. as he was, Things were darker. Firestorm was a black character at this point. And uh, Firestorm would, uh, uh, Jason would merge with someone else that was nearby to form Firestorm. At this point, so he needed someone else to form Firestorm, and usually whoever was nearby would be swept up in the mix and become part of Firestorm with him. And that went on, uh, written by uh, Dan uh, Jolly, and the artist was Criss Cross. Uh, Jason Rush was Firestorm. He was a young teenager living in Detroit. Uh, and he, his, his series went on for about 30 issues or so. Again, that series, it wasn't bad. It, it wasn't quite what came before. Uh, a lot of people, I was reading uh, news groups at this time, and a lot of people wasn't happy with this Firestorm, wasn't happy with Jason. Eventually, during, uh, at some point, Martin Stein was still alive as a fire elemental. He came back to Earth. And he joined in with Jason to become the second part of the Matrix Firestorm. Uh, so at this point, it was Jason and Professor Martin Stein as Firestorm. Eventually, uh, Ronnie Raymond came back to life, of course. And uh, Jason and Jason and Ronnie became the Firestorm, made up Firestorm at this point. Uh, this was near the end of, uh, what, 2009, 2010? Uh, during the Blackest Night storyline. That's how Ronnie came back to life, uh, which is a whole other story. Uh, Ronnie and Jason, they be... <sighs> Before Ronnie comes back to life, during the Blackest Night, I didn't really want to get too much into this, but I will. During the Blackest Night storyline, uh, Ronnie merged with Jason, they became uh, Deathstorm, which was a very black and... Uh, not African-American black, but he was just a very dark color version of Firestorm. Eventually, through the storyline, Ronnie's able to come back to life. And after that, they have a storyline called Brightest Day, where uh, Ronnie and Jason, yeah, Jason Rush become Firestorm at that point. And Professor Stein's still alive, still in the mix. He's no longer part of Firestorm, but he's there helping him out, trying to help him decide how to become a superhero. And at this point, if I'm not mistaken, Jason again controlled Firestorm's body, with Ronnie being the uh, undominant personality, the the person within Firestorm. Uh, this went on until the new 52 reboot. Uh, that was back in 2011-2012 when DC rebooted their entire line. Mostly, I've kind of hinted at this before. Hinted at this before, that is. Um... But, uh, yeah, they rebooted their line, and Firestorm they changed also. Gone was the Ronnie Professor 
Martin Stein Firestorm. This is a new Firestorm. It started out with both Ronnie and Jason becoming individual Firestorm. Uh, something due to the Firestorm protocols. Uh, there was a handful of Firestorms running around at this point for the first uh, 12 issues or so of Firestorm's new title. And then they, uh, Dan Jurgens, a fantastic, wonderful writer, writer took over. And at that point, he brought it back to Jason and Ronnie merging to become Firestorm. Um, so Ronnie would control Firestorm while Jason took on the previous Martin Stein role of the of the Firestorm conscience, if you will, the intellect of Firestorm. And that's where the last Firestorm series ended, was uh, Ronnie controlling Firestorm, Jason being the inner mind of Firestorm. The series ended with Superman taking them off to help them join up with the Justice League, which eventually led into Forever Evil, which I covered in my last headcast. So that's the last, of, last 30 years of Firestorm in a nutshell. Uh, very big view at it. Um, for more details, definitely read Firestorm's comics. He's a fantastic character. Uh, again, as I've mentioned previously, you can also check out the Fire and Water podcast or check out firestormfan.com. Uh, Shag has much more detailed information on Firestorm on his site, and uh, that's what his site de- covers is Firestorm because uh, he has great taste in superheroes. Um, so that's again, that's briefly on Firestorm, uh, who Ronnie Raymond that Robbie Amell is going to play. Uh, again, I don't know if they're going to have a Martin Stein. I don't know if Jason Rush is going to show up. I don't even know if Firestorm himself is going to appear in the series. But just, just hearing that Ronnie Raymond of Firestorm is going to be on The Flash, that is... fantastic, wonderful, great news. Uh, The Flash is in my top five heroes. And again, Firestorm, as I said, is one of my top two favorite heroes of all time. So here's looking forward to the the new season of Flash. Uh, Firestorm, Caitlin Snow's going to be on there, which in the comics becomes uh, one of his arch villains, Killer Frost. Uh, From what I've been reading, I guess, in the show, Caitlin Frost is going to be uh, Ronnie Raymond's fiance, so we'll see how the show takes it from there. I'm very excited about this. So on to non-Firestorm and Adam news. Next I'm going to cover is uh, Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I own the, uh, the original three on uh, VHS. I have the Blu-ray uh, Star Wars Sagas, all six movies on Blu-ray. Uh, so I am a big Star Wars fan. Unlike a lot of people, I, I did not hate the the prequels. They weren't as good as the original, but I, I enjoyed them for what they were. Um, I'm sure you've heard, unless you're living under a rock, upcoming uh, from Disney, since they have bought Star Wars, we have Episode 7, Episodes 8, and Episodes 9 that they're working on. Uh, episode 7 is by uh, directed by J.J. Abrams. Um, of late Star Trek fame. He's in the last couple of Star, Star Trek movies. Uh, I'm very excited. As long as he doesn't bring too much Star Trek influence, too many uh, uh, those light flares, lens flares he uses, will be alright. Uh, also, they're going to have some movies in between each of the actual episodes, some prequel, some uh, movies about the other characters. Uh, I've heard they're going to do Boba Fett, and they're going to do a young Han Solo movie. 
I've also heard rumor a possible Yoda movie, a possible Darth Maul, uh, Darth Maul movie. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm definitely excited about the new Star Wars movies that are coming out. Also, there's going to be a new Star Wars TV show on, uh, I believe, ABC. Uh, it de- takes place between episodes three and four, if I'm not mistaken. And it's going to tell like a lot of the background stuff about characters that uh, aren't in the main focus. So I'm definitely uh, excited for this. Uh, can't wait for the Star Wars series. Can't wait for episode seven. I want to see them all. I'm a big Star Wars geek, so bring it on. Uh, also, there's the Marvel movies that are blasting our sc- uh, movie screens. Uh, as of right now, they've got announced The Amazing Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man 4 has been announced. Plus, they're supposed to be working on uh, a Venom movie and a possible Sinister, Sinister Six movie. We've seen hints of that the last Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, this mysterious man walking through Oscorp, we saw uh, the vulture's wings, we saw octopus's arms. Uh, that's all supposed to be leading up to the Sinister Six movie. I'm definitely excited about those. I want to see them. Uh, Fantastic Four, they're getting a reboot. They're coming out March 16th, 2015. This one, I'm... <sighs> I enjoyed the last two Fantastic Four movies. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people give them shit. I, I actually liked them. They could have been better. I understand some of the changes they made for more of a wider appeal, but I like the movies. This new one that they're working on, um, my biggest beef so far with it is that Johnny Storm is going to be a black kid now. Uh, I'm not sure I've said it on here. I know I've said it on my blog. I've said it to people that's asked. I'm not a big fan of changing the race of a character just to change the race. If the character can do something good, I'm all right with it. Uh, but yeah, I just not... So changing Johnny Storm from a white kid into a black kid, uh, I'm still going to go see it because I'm that big of a nerd that I don't care that I, if it's a comic, comic book movie, I'll be there. But yeah, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, and also, I guess they're talking about doing a sequel already. A sequel for the Fantastic Four. So we'll see how that comes out. Uh, there's also an upcoming X-Force movie, which is an offshoot of the X-Men there's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. That's the next movie coming out. That's August 1st. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That looks good. That's uh, like a third tier, fourth tier superhero group. Uh, but I'm definitely waiting. I definitely want to go see that one. That looks good. Uh, after that, the next movie I'm aware of is Avengers Age of Ultron, which is Avengers 2. That looks good so far. James Spader is Ultron. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out that one. Uh, Avengers is fantastic. The last one was great. Uh, most of the Marvel movies up to this point have been fantastic. Uh, so I'm definitely going to go see Avengers. Uh, that's supposed to be out May 1st, 2015. After that is Ant-Man, July 21st, 2015. Ant-Man is uh, similar to the DC's Adam. He can't shoot down a small normally. It's... Uh, Hank Pym creates a something he calls Pym particles, allows him to shrink down to ant size. He also has a helmet that allows him to talk to ants. Later on, his suit and stuff is stolen by a thief named Scott Lang, who uses the suit and becomes the second Ant-Man, becomes a superhero. My understanding that this Ant-Man movie is going to focus on Scott Lang. Uh, Hank Pym's supposed to show up from what I understand, 
but the movie focused on Scott Lang with uh, Rude Paul playing Scott. Uh, a lot of people was like, yeah, man, that movie's going to suck. Me, again, I, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. It's a superhero movie. I like Ant-Man, so I'm definitely wait, I, I'm definitely going to go catch that one. Also, supposedly May 6th of 2016, they've got Captain America 3. Uh, you know, that's going to be fantastic. The last two were, were great. Uh, in fact, Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, is one of my most favorite superhero movies they've done so far. So I'm definitely going to go watch that one. Also, they've announced a Doctor Strange movie and another Wolverine sequel. So we'll see how those go out. Uh, in fact, the last movie I went and watched, I think, was the X-Men Days of Future Past. I went with my buddy Romero that I mentioned earlier in the show and his girlfriend Erica and a couple of people that they work with or that uh, Romero works with. We went and watched it together and I enjoyed that movie. Fantastic visuals. Uh, the story had a few weak points here and there. Uh, as a movie by itself, it was really good. Again, a few weak points. I'm not quite sure how Kitty Pride was able to project uh, uh, spoilers for Days of Future Past, if you haven't seen it yet, Kitty Pride in the movie sends Wolverine's conscience back through time to his old body. I'm not quite sure how her phasing ability allowed that or made that possible. I would have liked maybe a little more explanation on that. The comics that it's adapted from, they used Rachel Gray, which is the daughter of Scott Summers and Jean Gray. Uh, she sent Kitty Pride in the past much in the same way. Rachel had telepathy power. She's got uh, part of the Phoenix Center. So I, I could allow that, but seeing Kitty Pride doing that, I'm not quite sure how how that was accomplished. Uh, man, would have made it a little bit better. Uh, but again, fitting it into the X-Men movies themselves, though, X-Men 1, 2, 3, uh, and X-Men First Class, the Wolverine movies, there's a few points that doesn't quite line up. It's hard to make all these movies line up chronologically because... It could have been done, it's just that the writers and directors didn't pay too much attention to what came before, and they just said, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but overall, like I said, I did like X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, then moving on to DC movies that are upcoming, there's supposedly a Just League Dark movie, which stars John Constantine, Swamp Thing, uh, I think Santana, and a lot of the, the magic users of the DC Universe. Uh, there's a supposed, supposed Aquaman movie in the works... Uh, Hundred Bullets, Fables, Metal Men, Why the Last Man. These are all rumored movies. DC's got such a uh, sketchy pass on getting out movies. I'm not going to hold my breath on these until I actually see them coming out. But movies have actually got lined up. May of 2016 is Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, which is supposed to have, like I say, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman's supposed to show up. I've heard rumors of Cyborg. At first, if you read my blog, I'm a little hesitant about Ben Affleck as Batman. After seeing Argo, I, I've lightened my opinion up a little bit on him. But they're kind of ruining it for me by casting, uh, oh, what's this fuck, uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I'm not 100% happy with that. Okay, okay, let's be honest. I'm like 0% happy with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. He's just not Lex Luthor. Um... I thought Kevin Spacey did a, a decent job as Lex Luthor in Superman Returns. Uh, they were still going for the campy real estate Luthor, so he was alright for that. But yet, not fucking Jesse Eisenberg. He's the last person to play Lex Luthor. From what I've read, this Lex Luthor's supposed to come up from a gang. He's got a tat 
a sleeve of the Metropolis Scallion on his arm. It's just, it's like they fucking gave up. I don't know, we'll have to see. Uh, again, as I said, I'm a big geek. I will go check it out. But yeah, Jesse Eisenberg, you're losing me with that, alright? Uh, next, after, let's see, that's May. Then July of 2016, supposed to be a Shazam movie. Uh, I'm definitely excited about seeing Shazam on the big screen, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Uh, then Christmas of that year, there's supposed to be a Sandman movie. I believe this is the Vertigo Sandman, so I'm not quite as familiar with that one. Um, I'll probably check it out at some point, but not quite as excited about that one. Again, not that it's bad, it's just uh, it's not quite up my alley. Uh, then in May of 2017, they've announced the Justice League movie. Uh, after all these years, finally, a Justice League movie. Uh, definitely. July 2017... Supposedly they're doing a Wonder Woman movie. Christmas of 2017, there's a Flash Green Lantern team up. Uh, a couple of my favorite heroes. They're in the top ten. Uh, they, they move around a little bit here and there. But yes, definitely looking forward to a Flash Green Lantern team up. And then finally, May of 2018, they've announced Superman, or Man of Steel 2. <clears throat> definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, I didn't hate Man of Steel like a lot of people did. I thought it was a good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was a few things could have been done better. Didn't care for the, the big destroying Metropolis fight scene at the end. But uh, overall, I, I love the movie. So I'm definitely looking forward to a sequel. Uh, moving from movies, moving from movies, <laughs> on to TV shows. This season, we've got Arrow Season 2, as I've mentioned. We've got Gotham coming on to, uh, I believe it's NBC. Looking forward to that one. Or no, it's not NBC, that's Fox. On NBC is Constantine. I'm afraid that's going to be a watered-down version of it, uh, but it's got to be better than the last movie of Keanu fucking Reeves, I'm telling you. So I'm looking forward to Constantine. Also, I believe it's on the CW, they're going to have iZombie. I know the I know the comic, but I've never actually read it, so I'm not, I can't really talk about that one. Uh, Preacher's supposed to be coming out as a series on, I think, A&E. Uh, that could be really good. The Preacher comic was fantastic. I own it. I've read it. I've met the art, the writer, Garth Ennis, great guy. Uh, great, fantastic, lovely book. And finally, as I've mentioned previously, this fall on the CW, The Flash. Uh, one of my favorite heroes. He's in the top five. Definitely looking forward to The Flash. As I talked about earlier, I've got Ronnie Raymond showing up in The Flash. So, yeah, I, I'm there. I'm definitely on it. As far as Marvel TV shows, we've got The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. Uh, first season was really good, in my opinion. I liked it. Um, there's also supposed to be, during the mid-season break of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., an eight-episode eight series called Agent Carter, or Marvel's Agent Carter, which is uh, Sharon Carter from the Captain America movie. It's supposed to tell her some of her adventures. That sounds good. There's also supposed to be a Powers TV show. Powers are is a independent Marvel book by Brian Bendis that looks at cops dealing with superpowers. Uh, I've read it on and off. It's not a bad series, so I'm, I'll definitely check out the show. And finally, there's supposed to be a, a new Incredible Hulk TV show at some point. I've heard talks about it for the last couple of years. It's supposed to premiere this fall, I believe, but we'll see. Also on Netflix, there's going to be Daredevil, there's going to be a Jessica Jones series, Luke Cage, and an Iron Fist series. And those are supposed to accumulate into a Dare, uh, sorry, a Defenders Netflix uh, miniseries, I guess it is. I'm definitely going to have to check out that. 
And finally, not this year, but next season, 2015, Heroes is going to return. Uh, I enjoyed Heroes. The first season was really great. Uh, second season was okay. Third and fourth was decent. I, a lot of people didn't care for it. Again, I'm a bit softer on these. It's about superheroes, so I enjoyed it. It could have been better. So not going to get into that right now, but I'm definitely looking forward to the new season of Heroes. I guess it's just going to be a one-season thing, like 13 episodes or so. We'll see how it happens or how it goes. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Heroes when it comes out next season. Uh, anyways, so that's it this this episode for Geekin' with Head. Again, feel free to write me at head at headspeaks.com and let me know what you think about the shows I've talked about, the movies. Uh, give me your opinion. Uh, next, and finally, we have Where's Head Going? This week, I'm going to talk about a uh, something called Epic Rap Battle. Ah, try that again in English for you kids. Epic Rap Battles of History. You can find it at www.epicrapbattlesofhistory.com. It's also on YouTube under the same name. And this is uh, a series of videos. It was created by a guy called Peter Shuckoff, a.k.a. Nice Peter, and Lloyd Alquest, a.k.a. Epic Lloyd. Plus, they have the occasional guest star. Weird Al appeared in one episode, or one uh, song. Snoop Dogg was in another. And they take fictional, non-fictional characters from uh, present and the past, and they have them team up in rap battles, just as the name sounds. Some of the good ones they've done in the past, there was a Vader versus Hitler. They had three different ones of them. A Gandalf versus Dumbledore. Dr. Seuss versus Shakespeare. Dr. Brown from uh, the Back to the Future fame versus Doctor Who, and Stephen King versus Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, those are some of the great ones I enjoyed. Um, if you guys want to sit back for a few minutes and listen, I'm going to go ahead and play Superman versus Goku from Epic Rap Battles of History. With the awful animation and the complicated plot Who's got the rap bombs to drop on Japan? This looks like a job for the OG Superman! I'm killing it, you're grilling it I'm villainous to vegetables Who dance around in hammer pants and hide their tiny genitals My level is incredible, I'm out of your league You know what, justice, I'll bust this nut up in your GG Greasy, sick MC from DC One breath, I'll freeze your whole measly species You're primitive and limited, you live in a village of idiots Step in Metropolis, I'll step on Caracurian How many times are they gonna re-
Oh, that was funny. I, I like that. Um, anyways, that was uh, Superman vs. Goku from Epic Rap Battles of History. Um, I'll actually post that video on my website, along with links to their website of EpicRapBattleOfHistory.com. That can all be found on my website. Again, definitely check them out. <clears throat> and just before I play my ending credits, I will let you know that the final song today is going to be uh, Vader vs. Hitler. There was actually three parts to it, and I found online someone put them all three together. So it's the mega extended edition of Vader vs. Hitler. But yeah, definitely check out Epic Rap Battles of History. Uh, great, great little parody uh, videos. Anyways, and that is where Head's going. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, be sure to join us next time uh, when I talk about God only knows what. But be here, we'll see, alright? Uh, again, hope you guys have a nice day, and uh, we'll see you in the funny pages. And thank you for listening to another great episode of Head Speaks. Be sure to look for me on the web. I can be found rambling on the Task Force X Headcast, where I cover all the appearances of the Ostrangers, Suicide Squad, and the Checkmate comic books from the late 80s, early 90s. My home on the intertubes is my official website at headspeaks.com H-E-A-D-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com Links to my blog which contain follow-up information to this and every headcast can be found there. I am on Facebook at Headspeaks the community, not the page. The, the, or the page of somebody else. On Google Plus, look for Headspeaks. Please feel free to email me your bitches, moans, and gripes to headspeaks at headspeaks.com Also feel free to email any compliments you have also. In the meantime, be sure to join us here next time for another fun-filled headcast from your friendly neighborhood brother head. And be sure to tell a friend. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny pages. Epic rap battles of history! Darth Vader versus Adolf Hitler! I am Adolf Hitler, command of the Third Reich. Little known fact, also dope points the mic. You are Vader, with your little boots and cape, and helmet to cover up that burnt-ass face. You have the force to move objects. I am a force truly evil, even went back in time and turned you back as a prequel. Cause look at you, you're not even a real person. I preferred you with Spaceballs, the Rick Moranis version. You can't rhyme against the dark side of the force, why even bother? So many dudes been with your mom, who even knows if I'm your father. You're a pissed off little prick with a Napoleon dick. You call that a mustache? I call that dirty Sanchez on your lip. You bitch, let me remind you who you're messing with. Everything that you did, I'm the motherfucker who invented it. I'm the original Dark Lord, you're like the sorcerer's apprentice. My soul troopers make yours look like someone took a piece of shit and cloned it. You stink, Vader. Your star smells something sour. You need to wash up, dog. Here, step in my shower. I'll turn all your friends against you. Just my speech is green haters. But your lightsaber versus a clan of all your white neighbors. Suck my robot balls Now take a step back and let me freeze yours off A little carbonite bath For your goop-stepping ass We'll call my homeboy in Israel See who got the last laugh
bitch, now stand up and ride I only thought you out so I could beat your ass a second time Roar like Chewbacca, the voice of Mufasa I'm on the leader of your lift, you Kufafa I strike back hard against a Yahtzee Brain toss your ass in the air, Yahtzee Ask Indiana Jones who the fuck I am I spit six shit so focus, I break your concentration camp I'm a certified Sith Lord, you run, so suck on these these robot nuts! I'm gonna enjoy watching you die, so let me do it, get my food. You look stressed, Vader! You appear to be in pain! You need a vacation! Here, take a trip on my train! I mean you, leading an army of white men? Disgraceful! Even your mic skills still aren't fully operational! You got white bitch pregnant and gave it to the hate! Now you're six six in black but can't get a day! Ugh, lightsaber! You need a lifesaver! Use some of your force to fix your fucking respirator! You think you're powerful? Where is the DJ? Why are you laughing? Because you're standing over the rank orbit. Darth Vader. Marshal! Sunglasses all the time? I'll take you and your new boyfriend Goofy and all your 